Hey y'all, welcome back to the Amateur Therapy Podcast, where we keep it real and aim to heal. I'm your host, Sydney J, and today I'm so lucky to be joined by my very own uncle, Austin Blue. He's a pastor, he's a family guy, he's a husband, he's a videographer, like you name it, he does it, okay? So today we're going to be talking on the topic of fear, specifically why fear is futile and why, you know, it's a useless emotion when it comes to progressing towards our goals, progressing towards the things that we want in life. And I'm super excited. I hope that today you're inspired by his amazing words and his wisdom. So let's get into the episode. What's up? Hey. Hello. (laughs) What's going on, man? It's all good. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I love your hoodie. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I bought it in Denver trying to stunt, spending money I don't have. Oh, well. Felt that. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. Today's been, it's been a day, kind of, like last night. I just had a really bad dream and I like got no sleep but took a nap ready to do this with you I'm so excited to hear you know you be you be speaking facts so I try man I try I try I try to speak more uh, more more helpful things than ignorance these days because there was a time uh but yeah love the hair the hair is dope thank you I was I really was not feeling at first but you know no. You know, you grow into things. You grow in love with things. Everybody can't pull that off, and and you did. Thank you. I, I've seen that go bad many times. <laughs> walking you, hot Cheetos. Huh? <laughs> I said walking around hot Cheetos. Yes, yes. The lemon, the lemon, the lemon flavored hot Cheetos. <laughs> Ultra hot. LOL. But yeah, so thank you for joining the Amateur Therapy Podcast. I'm happy to, you know, have my family a part of this and, you know, just love it as a pastor, you as everything that you do just amazes me and you inspire me to continue to be courageous and transparent. So you're the perfect person to talk about fear today, which is what we're going to be talking about and just overcoming fear, what fear even is. And so if you're ready, I'd like to start and... Let's really dig deep into this topic. Lego. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about like fear. Like how, let me ask you how you would define fear for yourself first. Wow. So fear, fear to me is the lack and the lack of faith in things that you can't control. Mm. That to me is fear. Like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, five minutes from now. And because I don't know that, like, you know, nobody likes uncertainty. Nobody wants to go into a place where like, hey, look, I really don't know what's going to happen. So when you're when you're fearful, all you can do is make up scenarios like I'm afraid of snakes. I'm terrified of snakes. I have never held a snake in my life like ever. I've never held a snake. I've never been close to a snake, but I'm terrified of them because I don't know like what they're capable of. All I see is like on TV and, you know, I watch movies like Anaconda and it's like, I'm terrified of snakes because like, I don't know what they can do. So to me to say all that is like fear is the lack of faith or understanding of what's to come ahead. So yeah, that's fear to me. Yeah, that's good because it, it really is in a way irrational. Because we're clinging on to, like you said, the uncertainty and the unknown. And I, uh, 
somebody, I can't remember who said it, but I remember seeing on social media, somebody tweeting like, uh, fear is just faith in the negative. And that right. was so powerful to me. And I was just like, right. wow. So with that being said, I, yeah. I love how you broke that down. The, the uncertainty aspect is huge in that, it seems. So talk to me about like your experience with fear and what types of fears you've had in your life. And yeah. just like, tell me about that. Talk to me about that journey. So with me, I've always been afraid. Like my biggest thing has always been like, I'm very fearful of what people say about me, like my reputation, um, what people say about my family, my church, how I preach, what I preach about. That's always been like my thing. So fear has led me to two things in my life. And this is it. Fear has led me to do two things. I either don't go for something uh, that I think I can, but I won't do it out of fear, or I will act, I will, I will put on this perception as if I'm not struggling or as if this is not a challenge to me. So I've either had to one, run away from things or two, be fake. That's the only thing that fear has ever done for me in my life. Yeah. So like, how do you feel like those two things, the being fake or running, how do you think that has hindered your progress towards your aspirations or your goals or anything? Because really I'm seeing a lot of fear, especially now, like with fear of the election outcome or like a lot of people my age or, or younger in college right now, like, oh, wanting to drop out and fear that they're not going to be able to continue on with the state of, you know, what we're going through, the pandemic, race right. injustices, all these things. Like, so how do you feel like you've seen that hinder you in a way and what ways were you able to come out of that? I've seen it hinder, honestly, my ability to dream, to be honest with you. Um, I think once, especially once I got to a certain age, like I realized that, hey, Miss Sid, uh, somebody, somebody, somebody from our church just walked in. Uh, uh, once I got to a certain age, I, I felt like I couldn't dream anymore. And like, this is how life is going to be. So I was fearful and I can't go back to school because I'm too old. Um, what are the college freshmen going to say when they see this old 28 year old man in this entry level math course? What are they going to say? What are they going to, you know, what are they going to think about me? Um, so I've seen fear literally stifle me and stop me from continuing my education, uh, making uh, what I thought was at the time, very strategic career moves. Because one of the things that fear did to me, it tells me that I don't deserve to be in certain rooms. Right. So it's just like, um, you know, there's leadership councils, there's pastoral councils that I've been asked to be a part of. And I'm like, nah, you know, because those guys are really, really smart. And those guys have like their own churches. And those guys pastor thousands of people. And I'm just like little old awesome blue here in San Antonio. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows who our church is. So like, it's kept me out of the rooms like that. I felt God wanted me to be in. Right. And it's also like stifled my growth and progression as an overall person. So would you say as of who you are today, 28 year old pastor, husband, family guy, like yeah. what do you say <laughs> that you still have encounters with fear? Absolutely. Um, like the fear of will, will I ever, like will I always have enough to provide for my wife? You know, I have no kids, 
But like, you know, I, I see things like, you know, the Sandy Hook situation that makes me scared. You know what I mean? That there's fear there. Um, you know, I, I see parents that send their kids off to school and, you know, there's a shooting that happens or there's a, a bus accident or there's a fight at school. So, yeah, I deal with all those things now. But of course, I'm not even a parent. You know, I haven't even walked in all these situations. So like you said earlier, like I have faith in the negative. Um, and I do that a lot. And, you know, I already told you and you, your mom, your sisters, your brothers, you guys all know this. Like, I am extremely dramatic. I take everything, like, everything is the worst case scenario. So it's just like, uh, if somebody, if I'm at home and somebody bangs at my door, they're coming to kill us. Like, they, they, they are there to harm us. So, you know, those are still some of the encounters and I'm going to therapy now to kind of work through those things. But yeah, absolutely. I still deal with fear now, uh, even at this 28 year old pastor, husband, all these things. Still, fear is something I, I still deal with. I think I do a great job of uh, combating that when it's necessary, but yeah, fears, fear is very much real. I agree. Like, I think that there's something like there's this false reality of like getting over all your fears and it's like fear is continuous that's why you need to continue to be courageous as a person right. and yeah. when you're talking about like pretty much ending on like that's something i still have to combat how would you say you do combat that combat that like do you think you have a strategy to deal with your fear or do you feel like you it's kind of just whenever that fear comes it's like i gotta just think i gotta improvise on my feet to to combat that well, one of the things I've done, especially like with starting therapy is like, I have to acknowledge that this fear is real. So I cannot act like it does not exist. So one of the things that I, I do is when I feel fearful or when I feel afraid, I actually start saying these things out loud. I'm afraid of the future. I'm afraid of losing my wife. I'm afraid of losing these things. I say them out loud. What that does is that makes me feel I feel very much aware and alive in that moment. So the next time that fear comes, I can know what to do because I've been here before. So when fear rises up, I use courage to fight that. Like that's what, that's what I do. That's what courage is. Courage is standing up in the, in the face of fear. So like when fear is there, I use courage now to fight that. Like, you know, if there was no fear, there would be no need for courage. So it's like, I had to find myself being courageous in these moments, knowing that internally on the inside of me, whatever challenge or whatever fear this is, like I can fight this and I can overcome this. So like, yeah, that's how I fight it. Yeah, a lot of what I hear you saying is like, you have to acknowledge and name, like put a name to that yeah. or else it, it's not real. And then if it's, if it doesn't exist, if it's not real in your life, then there's no possible way that you could achieve overcoming that. So right. that's awesome. And I'm glad that you're still, you know, working through those things and making sure that you're adamant about like overcoming fear and stuff like that. Yeah, my fear has a nickname. I call my fear Rayquisha. <laughs> whenever whenever fear rises up, I say Rayquisha is around the corner. That's right. what I, that's really what I do. I say Rayquisha is around the corner. I hope there's nobody that watches this whose name is Rayquisha because I'm sure you're a lovely person. But that's just my name for my fear. I give it a name. Um, I, I, again, I acknowledge the fact that it is real and it's coming to steal my joy and it's coming to steal my peace and it's it's coming to stop me uh, from being who God created me to be. So yeah. Yeah, like there, I feel like fear in even in my life when I was younger, I 
dealt with a lot of uncertainty about my siblings because well let me not put their <laughs> info out there but my two of my siblings suffer with you already got one down you know, just but you just gotta guess the other you know yeah. they deal with um mental health um challenges and right. when we were teenagers i would really be struggling to know like you know are they going to be here one day and gone the next because they're so depressed and that caused me to have like really chronic anxiety and it was just like that fear of the unknown instead of having hope and faith that they would be okay instead of having trust in you know the process like everyone goes through a lot of things and we just have to see them come out of that and, and it's okay but um speaking more about fear yes do you think that at least what you see in the world right now do you think that fear is something that is plaguing the masses right now and in what ways absolutely uh to me scary enough you these large corporations these um multi-billion dollar businesses politicians governments they build like you build on fear like you, you really build on the fact that people are afraid. Um, and I mean, it's, no matter what it is, that's what people use to get their bag. They use fear. Um, so, you know, you take our presidential election and I mean, I can I'll speak about that freely. You have uh, on your conservative side, you know, your conservative ads are this. If you vote for Joe Biden, the world is going to end because liberal values are you know uh, are are taking over the world and i mean some stuff is ridiculous i mean but like that's what the message is so it's like you tell your audience hey you're afraid go to the polls and put in donald trump if right. you're on the conservative side if you're on the liberal side it's just like hey this man in the white house is gonna is gonna blow up the world he's got a nuclear bomb if you don't vote donald trump out of the white house you know your kids are gonna die and and a lot of it is capping as well like you know uh, your your families aren't going to be safe and like you can even see on the ads that are ran during these like first of all these people need to relax like do you want your children to be safe vote for joe biden i'm like, like my kids have been fine the last three or four years, like when Donald Trump was off. Now, I mean, I might not like the candidate, but it's like, don't use my kids being safe. And we do it all the time. Do you, do you want your neighborhoods to be safe? Do you want your water to be clean? I'm like, bro, like, relax. Like, and that's how people, they prowl on fear. We see fear in commercials. Um, we see fear in those health commercials, like when we see the old white lady fall and, you know, just, just like, do you not want this to happen to your family member? Get this button that if you press it, people will show up. And it, we just see like fear sells, like kind of how people used to say like early 2000s, sex sales, fear sells, honestly, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got that walk going on, so. <laughs> you know, that, that's another, that's, an, that's another Zoom call because, yeah. yeah. The, the WAP worship and praise. <laughs> worship and praise, though. There you go. No, so um, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it a lot, and especially, I mean, I can only speak to really my generation. There's so much going on with, like, oh, people not believing in climate change, and then people, like, fighting for, like, protecting the environment, and just the president, and the election, and all these right. other things, and everyone's like, oh, what's the point in anything now? And I've been right. seeing this hopeless narrative, like, oh, what's the point, and what's the point of getting my degree, and what's the point of just pursuing anything now? Because everyone in, like, my generation feels like the world is just coming to an end, and it's just 
a, a, a very big, massive, like, loss of hope, and it's, it's hurting my heart, so that's really why I've been pulled to really talk about fear, and how we need to address this as just communities, as people, and as just the human race in general, right, so talking about the masses and everything, I just want to ask you another question, please do, have no questions, any advice besides like it can be in addition to what you practice as, of overcoming fear, but do you have any advice to tell people for when they need to address their fear, how they can go about it if they struggle with overcoming fear and, and facing fears? Yeah, so um, I will say this, strip yourself of every title that you have. Um, so for me, like I'm a pastor, I'm a brother, I'm a husband, an uncle, like you know that. Strip yourself of every title and ask yourself, what do I want most in life? And what am I doing? Like, how, how much am I willing to fight for that? Um, and when those fears come your way, remember those things, whatever they are. So I know for myself, um, I want to be a great husband, uh, a great leader, a great pastor, and a great family man. So when fear comes my way, I have to remember that those are the things that I want in life and I have to remember that I have to fight for them. So it's just like, you know, I've, I've had fear of sometimes like, oh man, you know, like is Sydney and them gonna be okay? Like, is my sister okay? Like that fear is real. So the best way that I can be a family man is keeping my family under prayer, uh, praying that God has, keeps a hedge of protection over your life, acknowledging that that fear is real, but understanding courage is me standing up in the face of fear. The simple fact that you can acknowledge that you're afraid is the first step to courage. Yeah. Like the, just a, just a simple fact that you can say, man, this thing really, really frightens me. You're acknowledging that this thing is there. I don't know if you ever watched discovery channel, but first of all, I think some animals are really, really stupid because like they just let the lion eat them. Like there's no fight. There's no, like, if I see, if I see a lion a hundred yards away, I'm gone. Like I'm out of there. And the fact that some gazelles, like deers, whatever, like I've learned that in animals, they'll be so afraid that like they literally get paralyzed, like that they can't move. And that's not what you as a person have to do. Whoever's like needs to be encouraged by this. Let fear be the thing. Okay. It's time for courage to rise up and I got to move. So yeah. like when you feel fear, like you got to start talking to courage immediately. Like, Hey, it's your time. Like wake up courage because like you're needed in the game. Like that's what you do. So strip yourself of all those titles, find out what you want, find out what you're willing to fight for. And the moment that that fear comes up, you remind yourself what you want and what you're willing to fight for and let courage take its course. Yes. I love that y'all strip your titles. Strip your, bro, I, that's, that in itself was the hardest thing for me to do because titles are like, that's everything you are. Yeah. You're a brother, you're a sister, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a husband. It's identity. Yeah, and, and in a society where it's like telling you like, hey, do whatever you have to do to get these titles. And like, so you have to compromise for these titles. You have to like go to school for these titles. Um, so the moment that you strip yourself of all those things, you're literally the same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the hardest part. So it's just like, I don't care who it is. Like if LeBron James stripped himself as all, of all his titles, he's just like me. Like he's yeah. just a, he's a person that is living life. 
Um, so once I did that, I'm telling you, said the moment that I started stripping myself of titles, I found out what scares me the most and who I really am. Like, who is Austin? Not like, okay, like your mom and your dad, they're great. Your nieces and nephews, they're great. Your wife is great. Your church is great. You being a pastor, great. Who is Austin? Like, what scares you? And that moment was so humbling to me and it changed my life. And now I'm really learning how to combat fear with courage. So, yeah. That's so good. I'm encouraged by this. I know that there will be others who are really encouraged by that. So what yeah. I got from that, y'all, strip your titles, name your fear, call on courage. That's what we got from that. We can sum all that up. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, this, is, this has been great. And this is a tradition. It's going to be an ongoing tradition for any guests on the Amateur Therapy Podcast. I always yes. ask three closing questions so it's like a little you know a little prize round let's go <laughs> hey so um on the amateur therapy podcast we really believe in keeping it real and aiming to heal so, you know that's not a problem for me so <laughs> right right so austin blue yes you define healing Oof. How would I divine, define healing? Healing is letting the hurt take its course. Ooh, because some people think this, I know this might be like a long answer. Some people think that healing is like the act of feeling better and like that's actually not it. So like I hurt my knee a few years ago and to heal it, I had to go to therapy and therapy sucks. Like therapy is hard. It's stretching, it's icing, it's recalibrating your leg it's recalibrating your shoulder whatever it is so it's just like through healing i have to go through almost a season of allowing the hurt to take its course but as time goes on like that healing it's less and less it's it's it doesn't hurt as bad as it did yesterday it didn't hurt it doesn't hurt as bad as it did a month ago that's healing so it's just like whatever you've been hurt in in your life, whether it's a physical or emotional pain, you have to almost let that hurt you for a second, but continue to grow in that. Like, okay, yes, this hurt. Like, I'm very upset. Like, the only way to like, really get over a relationship is acknowledge how hurt you were, that that person ended it with you. And then you, you keep reminding yourself, yes, that hurt, but like, I'm still here. Like, yes, that was unfortunate, but like, I still have a purpose. Yes, that hurt, but like somebody out is going to love me out there. That's what you do. And, and it stops. It, it, it doesn't hurt as much two weeks, three weeks, a month, a year. Now, I still have scars, like, and the scars are real and the scars aren't going anywhere. But the scars are a reminder that I was hurt once before. But like, I have healing and the scars aren't going anywhere. They're just not, you can't see them as much as you could when I first got hurt. So yeah, that's, that's what healing is. That's so beautiful. That was such a rich answer. I love that. Man, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate All right, it. next question. What would you call this chapter of your life? Oof, oh my God. Um, call to the unfamiliar called to the unfamiliar yeah you want to expand upon that so yes four months ago i was sitting at home it was the middle of the pandemic i literally started going to my instagram and deleting pictures of me preaching here at my church and anywhere 
I was going to call and tell my parents I quit. I was ready to resign as associate pastor here at Family Life and like just really kind of serve and just move away from San Antonio, all that. Um, and the only reason I was doing that is because I was so focused on people who already know me. Um, and I was so focused on the people that have seen me make mistakes. And I was, so, I was so focused on like, man, I have to pastor the people who these folks took me to baseball practice. They used to change my diaper. Like I have to pastor my parents. I have to pastor my brother. I have to pastor my friends. So it's like, I was so stuck on the familiar that I'm completely forgetting, Sid, that God called me to pastor a generation of people that I have never met. Like I've never, I've never shaken their hands. They've never seen me. They've never said, what's up, Pastor Austin. And I have to think about them in these moments of insecurity and fear. I have to keep them in mind. I don't know them. I don't know who this, I don't know who the young couple is going to be that's going to be struggling with their marriage and thinking about getting a divorce, but they come to family life and they hear me preach about not giving up on their spouse. I don't know who that is. I have no idea. And they don't know who I am, but that's what I'm called to. I'm called to the unfamiliar. The familiar will take care of itself. Those are the people that I'm worried about. So that's what I would call this season of my life. Every time I'm frustrated, want to quit, want to walk away, uh, don't want to have anything to do with the church or like this, this gift that God gave me to share the gospel, I think about the unfamiliar. I think about the strangers. I think about the people that I don't know that God is going to use me to change their life and draw them closer to him. That's, that's what this season of my life is called. That's, chapter, good. Yeah. that's good. Yeah. Okay. Last thing. Last thing. Do you have any words you'd like to leave with the listeners, with the viewers, just to encourage them or just to leave them with a piece of you, like who you are, whatever you'd like your last words to be to your listeners and viewers, what would you say? Oof, my last thing on this great, great thing that I love you so much for. It is incredible. I cannot wait till you get your own practice and do this with famous people all that. But my last thing that I will leave with anybody is um, your titles are not your purpose. Um, I, I think that might be it. Whoever, um, yeah, because everything else would be churchy, but your titles are not your purpose. And um, God's peace is everything. That's, that's really it. Your titles are not your purpose and God's peace is everything. I love that. Well, Austin, you know how much I love you and care about you and just adore you. And I really do. I do. I really I'm you do. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you just took yeah. the time out of your day to come and be here and talk to me, speak life into me and everyone who's going to be watching, listening. And I just appreciate your words. You hear Clyde in the back. I'm Young Clyde. <laughs> Young Clyde recovered from his high ankle sprain a couple weeks ago. <laughs> But yeah, this has been awesome and I'm definitely, I can't wait for everyone to hear this. So thank you so much for being here for your words. I love you. And love you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning into the Amateur Therapy Podcast. I'll be back next Sunday at 5 p.m. Remember to keep it real and aim to heal.